In episode 32 of the Guitar Music Theory podcast, I talk about the best ear training exercise for guitar players. Greetings, guitar engineers. Welcome to the Guitar Music Theory Podcast. I am your host, Desi Serna, author of Fretboard Theory, Guitar Picky Mechanics, and many more. Today, we're going to talk about ear training. But before we begin, let me remind you that you can go to my website, guitarmusictheory.com, answer the questions I ask you about your playing, and I'll send you free video instruction calibrated to your current level. I'll put you on a plan to fill any gaps in your playing and make more progress than ever before. Go to guitarmusictheory.com. And if you're listening to this podcast and one of the popular podcast players, you should be able to click on a link to my website in the details of this episode. All right, so I frequently receive emails with questions about ear training, and they usually go something like this. They say, someone says, you know, I just feel like I'm bad at identifying notes by ear, and, you know, what techniques or methods or tricks um, do you have to help me train my ear? So let's talk about that. I have responded to these emails, but I haven't really addressed this um, in a podcast or YouTube video uh, or blog post or anything like that, but I'm doing all of those things this week. So let's talk about the ear. Let's talk about how we hear music and let's talk about the best way that you can train your ear in my opinion. So music is sound. Sound is heard. If you want to get good at playing music, naturally you need to quote, have a good ear as they say. When you're able to recognize what's happening in the music you listen to, you can pick up on songs faster. When you realize what other musicians around you are playing, you play with others better. And when you can translate ideas in your head to the guitar fretboard, you can be uh, creative more easily. And I think these are the things that people, guitar players, are after, right? Um, so it's not hard to see why so many of them are interested in ear training. They want to get good, and they believe that ear training exercises will help them become a better player. However... I think most guitarists have the wrong idea about how ear training should work. So let me explain that. Most ear training exercises aim to improve things like how well you would identify a pitch and name it, you know, or intervals and name it. So you would, um, uh, you would practice exercises where you, you play games that require you to like listen to a tone and try to name the pitch or name the intervals at a third, is it a fifth, major seventh, that sort of thing. So there is definitely some value to this type of ear training, but I think that time spent on it is not likely to produce the results most guitarists are seeking. So if your goal is to be a better guitar player, then you should be focusing on playing. You should look to develop your ear in ways that improve how you actually play guitar. So for these reasons, the best training your ear, excuse me, the best way to train your ear is to wait for it. I'm going to sound like a broken record here. Play songs. And I'm going to add to that and get to know how music theory works on the fretboard. So if you've been listening to 
to my podcast recently, you know that I have been emphasizing um, playing songs a lot. And the reason why is because that's the answer to almost every question that, that I receive. You know, when people say, I don't know, I just feel like I don't really have good rhythm. Um, you know, what should I do? And I say, play more songs, learn how to play those strum patterns, play along with the music, or I don't have good timing. I feel like I speed up or slow down. How can I improve my timing? Play along with songs or, yeah, I feel, I know scale patterns, but I don't know really how to be creative with them or what to do with them and sound musical. What should I do? Play songs, right? It's really the solution to everything. And, uh, it's something that a lot of guitar players overlook. They think they think that they're going to fill their head with information and then they're going to go straight to playing like Joe Bonamassa or, you know, David Gilmore or, or whatever. And they don't realize that uh, you've got to learn how to play music and play songs, build a song repertoire. And if you're trying to develop your ear, it is no difference, uh, no different. So perhaps you've never considered this, but the more, the more you play songs, the more you actually train your ear even if no particular emphasis is put on training your ear. So you, even if you're not even thinking about it, you're still training your ear when you play songs. And this is why guitarists who have a lot of experience playing in bands can play by ear so well. They get so used to the sound of the songs they play that they can quickly pick up on similar songs when they hear them. They recognize what they hear because they have played it many times before. In addition to playing songs, getting to know a bit of music theory improves, improves how you hear things too. So for example, when you understand the number sequence, number sequence used to play chord progressions, you can listen to music and you can, you can start to pick up on those common progressions, right? So if you're familiar with this, you know that some of the most common chord progressions are the so-called one, four, five that are based on the, the first, fourth, and fifth notes in a major scale. Right? Think like Twist and Shout by the Isley Brothers. I'm in the key of F. Um, Steve Miller's The Joker is based on that same sort of progression, a little bit slower. Baba O'Reilly by The Who uh, uses those same chords, slightly different order. It goes one, five, four. But when you play these songs and you understand what you're doing, you understand that the uh, the theory behind it. In this case, the the um, the number sequence that we use um, in music. You, so you've got an understanding of it in your mind. You see the patterns on the fretboard, and then you're hearing it. And when you play these songs, when you actually play these songs over and over and over, your ear is just absorbing the sound of four, five, and you might move to some different keys, but you still recognize that it's the same sort of movement. So it takes time, 
um, but your ear does absorb this over, you know, over time, as opposed to you saying, well, I just need some piece of information that's going to somehow make everything click in my mind and my ear, and then I'll be able to hear and recognize this stuff. Uh, information is good, like studying the theory and you know, learning a song, but it just takes experience and playing and allowing yourself to get exposed to the, so- to the sound of music. So when you learn that stuff, then you start listening to songs on the radio, you start hearing it differently. You start like... Mm-mm. Oh, that must be one, four, five, and you pick up your guitar, and you can very quickly uh, work it out uh, by ear. And the same is true with guitar riffs and solos. When you get to know the scale patterns used to play them, you can listen to music, and you can start to recognize the scale. Uh, you start to recognize just the um, <clears throat> the sound of certain things. So, for example, I'm in G minor. Use the, the pentatonic scale. Here's a little bit of uh, uh, "Born Under a Bad Sign," the Cream version. That's G minor pentatonic. How about "I Shot the Sheriff" by uh, Eric Clapton or Bob Marley, also in G minor pentatonic. How about a little bit of Lady Marmalade by Patti LaBelle? Right? And then later you have... You the idea? Can you hear how those are all similar? Right? You're just... I'm not even really talking about the specific pitches, and I'm not even talking about the intervals, the structure of the scale. I'm just talking about, like, generally speaking, you can hear the similarities there. And if I even just move up to a different key, now I'm in A minor. Right? You can hear that pentatonic scale. Think about stuff that's in A minor pentatonic, you know, maybe... uh, uh, similarity there so as you get used to the scale patterns and as you spend lots of time actually playing songs with the scale patterns your ear absorbs the sound of that scale and then when you're trying to learn something new you're listening to it by ear and you hear you know do 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 and you're like oh gosh that sounds like born under a bad sign uh you know lady marmalade um i shot the sheriff gosh that's got to be pentatonic scale and you pick up your guitar and you know, you, in a few seconds, and you figure it out. Again, by ear, but you were able to figure it out by ear because you spent time playing songs and giving your ear a chance to recognize what, they, what things sound like. And the theory kind of allows you to put a name to it. And to kind of categorize it, oh, that's a one four five chord progression, or oh, that's um, the minor pentatonic pentatonic scale. Sometimes you don't really hear things until you spend time working it out in the fretboard, and you get to know it, and then all of a sudden you start hearing things that before you you couldn't hear. So, you know, when it comes to recognizing what you hear in music, knowing is half the battle. Knowing what you're looking for is uh, half the battle. So when you learn 
music theory and you play a lot of songs, there's something else that happens. You develop what I call an ear-mind-hand connection. I've kind of already uh, um, alluded to this. So this connection involves you hearing music with your ear, but knowing what to expect based on your knowledge of theory in your, in your mind, and then feeling, physically feeling what it's like to, to play something on the fretboard. So you're hearing something with your ear, but your mind has, is thinking about things and has an idea of what to expect in the music. And then you also know what something physically feels like to play a piece of music. You know, it's a funny thing, but sometimes I'll be listening to a song that, you know, that I'm learning and I'm, I'm not really sure, you know, which notes uh, I'm hearing in the, in the music. I couldn't necessarily name them and identify them, but my hands know exactly what to do, right? Kind of like the pentatonic examples I just gave you, you know, a moment ago. When I hear, you know, this sort of something like this in music, Right. It's like I feel it, I hear it, but I feel it in my hands. I like because I know what it's like to play that sort of thing because I've done it so many times. And I pick up the guitar and my hands go right. So my ear was involved, but my hands were involved too. That muscle memory was involved. And then on top of that, I would also realize, oh, that's a pentatonic pattern. That's a descending pentatonic pattern. So all of these things come together. And they they equip you to do what I think you're looking to do, which is, you know, um, pick up on the music that you listen to better and just to be able to play, play more and, and play better. If that's your goal, then you can see how the theory and the songs are going to help you uh, reach that goal. So I used to dabble with ear training exercises years ago. I took a music theory class in uh, – um, high school, and you know, I took some lessons and dabbled with some different methods over the years. But I'm going to be honest; like, I never, I never got very far with those sort of exercises. I never got that good at them. And eventually, I realized, though, that I had become a great player, and I had become known for someone that had a, a really good ear. And it wasn't because of those exercises; it was because. I was uh, teaching lessons and playing in bands, and I had to learn hundreds and hundreds of songs. And then I'm performing these songs over and over and over. So, so then, like, if I was in a guitar lesson and some, you know, some student would bring a song and say, hey, um, I've got this song. I want to learn how to play it. I can't find tab. Can you figure it out for me? And so we'd put it on, and I would – and very quickly I could figure it out and be like, gosh, that's amazing. I wish I had an ear like you. But it wasn't just the ear. Well, it was my ear, but my ear got there not because of exercises, but because I had was playing so much music that I recognized what I heard because it was similar to things I had been playing over and over and over in all of those other lessons I was teaching and all of the gigs that I was playing. So eventually I just stopped wasting time on those traditional ear training exercises because I found that playing songs and then just having a basic understanding of how those songs were composed was just far more helpful. I was recognizing what I what I heard in music based on my song repertoire and my understanding of the music not on any ear training exercises. <clears throat> so and that's still true today. Um 
you know, I can't always immediately identify the notes I hear in music, but you put a guitar in my hand and I'll find them in seconds. Um, I may not know what the key of a song is just by listening to it, but I'll recognize the chord movement. I'll listen to it and I'll be like, hmm, that's... oh gosh, that's got to be one, four, five, like the hundreds of one, four, five songs that I've played, you know, in my life. And uh, so just give me a second and I'll figure out the key. You know, what is it? You know, oops. Oh. Ah, there it is. That's how the process works. And it happens uh, very quickly. And same with lead guitar stuff. You know, sometimes I'll hear a, uh, a lead guitar lick and I'm not really sure what the notes are, but I can totally tell. I'm like, oh, that's totally pentatonic. And in, and in many cases, my fingers actually know what to do. Like I hear something and I'll pick up my guitar and I'll be like, um, sometimes I'll get it right on the first try. And it's because I'll hear things and I'll be like, oh gosh, that is so similar to all those pentatonic solos that I've played over and over and over and over. And it's like my, my hand already has an idea of, of how to play it. And I'm not even really thinking about the pitches necessarily or the, or the intervals. So I gave up on ear training exercises because I thought, you know, I'm not, my goal isn't to try to perform well on an, on an ear test. That's, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm aiming for. I want to be able to play guitar well. Um, I want to be able to pick up on songs quickly. I want to be able to uh, remember songs and I want my ear to guide me and help me anticipate the changes in songs. I want to, you know, be able to be creative and, um, you know, take ideas that I hear in my head and play them in music. And I got good at that from years of learning songs and spending some time understanding their, their structure. That has been far more valuable than any type of ear training exercise. And so that's what, that's what I focus on. And that's what I focus on with my students. I generally do not, uh, um, have my students do ear training exercises. At least I don't have them do exercises that um, would you would typically uh, do when someone mentions ear training exercises, like, you know, name this pitch or name this note or, or name this interval. Um, instead, you know, uh, I will teach them lots of songs. We'll go over things like, okay, well, listen to this chord progression. It's one, four, five. Can you hear what it sounds like when you go from the one chord to the four chord? Or, all right, so this, you know, solo, it's in the... Uh, you know, it's in the, you know, the, the pentatonic scale or something like that, you know. Or maybe it's got the blues scale in there, and I'll point out to them. So listen to that little chromatic movement, you know. I point out that stuff um, so, they're, so they're aware of it, and they're thinking about it while they play it, so that as they play that music over and over, their ears absorbing that sound, and in their mind, they have some way of keeping track of it. You know, oh, this is one, four, five, or oh, this is uh, um, the, the pentatonic blues scale, or, you know, oh, this is a, a C form major chord shape, you know. And I see my students then beginning to recognize stuff. We might be working on a brand new song, and they'll say, Hey, that kind of sounds like it could be a C form, is it? And I'll say, uh, let me. I'm like, yeah, it is. And I'll be like, great job. You you recognize that from your ear because we had spent 
all that time working on those C-form chords and playing those songs, and I had pointed out that that was a C-form chord, and you're, now your ear is recognizing that. So that's what I recommend uh, for you. But let me just say this. <clears throat> if you enjoy like the traditional ear training exercises, don't let me stop you from having fun. So if you like playing those games, then uh, you can go ahead and add those exercises to your practice uh, uh, routine. They're not going to hurt you. There is some value in it. Um, but just keep in mind that those exercises are no substitute for actually playing songs and getting getting to know songs. If you really want to um, understand, you know, if you re- really want to recognize what you hear, You've got to have a big song repertoire. That's it's just that's just the way it works. There's, and there's there's really no shortcut for that. So if you're thinking, I'm going to learn some magic ear training exercise that's going to make me brilliant, so that I don't have to spend any time actually learning songs and playing songs and taking that time to absorb you know music, I'm going to skip all over that. That I'm just gonna one exercise is just gonna you know rocket me to the moon and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be awesome. I'm just telling you right now that uh, you're wasting your time, wasting your time, and I'd be very very cautious about any methods, you know, that are promising you those types of results. You know, um, a lot of times people just hype their method because they know people are looking for ear training or other types of exercises, so they figure, hey, let's give them what they're looking for, and we'll, you know, tell them how awesome this is going to make them. And the reality is, is that you end up getting all caught up in some sort of exercise program, and then at the end of the day, are you really playing guitar better? Not really. Are you really better equipped to go play in a band or to compose your own music or improvise? Um, You might think you are, until you follow the program that I recommend, and then you'll be one of these people that e- emails me like every day now, and they just say, I am so glad that I you know, started one of your courses on your website. I'm finally making real music, and I get it. Now I can play with others. Now I sound like a real guitar player. I see what you mean about not wasting time on silly little exercises and instead focusing your time on playing real music. I mean, think about it. What do you think will happen if you were to learn how to play, you know, a dozen, maybe a couple dozen popular guitar riffs played in the minor pentatonic scale, right? So, I mean, I I played some earlier. What if you went out and you learned how to play a bunch of minor pentatonic guitar riffs and you played them over and over and you memorized them and you got to know what's what's which specific pentatonic patterns they were in and how were you you were moving through those patterns? Then you played along with the songs, and you're sitting there and you're absorbing the sound. If you did that, what do you think would happen? You, well, I'll tell you what would happen. You would quickly recognize other minor pentatonic riffs when you heard them in music. How could you not, right? Uh, what do you think would happen if you were to learn how to play, um, you know, a dozen familiar songs all based on a one-five-six-four chord progression, right? <laughs> Five, six, four. One, five, six, four. Wish or without you, uh, with or without you, by uh, U two is based on that 
uh, progression. You hear a little bit of that in Let It Be by the Beatles. If I, if I switch keys and just go down a whole step. And there are many, many more. If you're a student of my fretboard theory program, you know that I list all sorts of uh, um, song examples in the book with every lesson and every topic. If you're going through the video um, <clears throat> uh, video pro pack course, you know that I have even more resources with links to songs so you can listen to them or you can learn how to play them or jam tracks and that sort of thing. But anyway, if you learned how to play a couple dozen songs, all based on the popular one five six four chord progression, you will you are going to recognize that progression when you hear it in music. I hear it all the time. I can't turn on the radio without hearing you know I just man, it's all over the place. It's ubiquitous. I'm not always sure what the key is. You know, sometimes I listen to the music and I'm not sure what the key is. I don't have perfect pitch. Um, I don't really need to have perfect pitch. Some, you know, I can tell that it's, you know, one, five, six, four. And I pick up my guitar and it just takes me a second to figure out. There, there's the tonic pitch. So the same thing will happen to you. You just got to put the time in to playing the songs and allow your ear the opportunity to absorb it. What about playing guitar solos? Are you, uh, you know, struggling to create your own solos? Well, go out and learn a dozen or more guitar solos from, fam from famous songs and see if you don't suddenly hear all kinds of ideas to add, you know, into your guitar solos. Um, you know, a lot of people will learn the scales that are used for guitar solos. So they're like, well, I know that, you know, the minor pentatonic scale is used, you know, to play guitar solos. But I don't know. I just, I don't hear any good ideas. I feel like I don't have a good, you know, uh, ear. And I'm just, I'm not hearing good ideas. I think I need to work on my ear. And I say, well, here's, a, here's the best way to work on your ear. Learn guitar solos that are played in the pentatonic scale, right? E minor pentatonic. How about Hey Joe by Jimi Hendrix? There's some great ideas. So you, you learn a solo like that. You see how he's moving through the pattern. You play it over and over and over, and your ear starts to, de, uh, to uh, absorb that sound. Your, your hands get used to those, playing those licks and phrases. And then when you switch to other keys, you know, you know. You can take those ideas and use them over other things. You may you don't necessarily need to play them note for note. You might just get ideas from it. So I'm going to switch to another key here, uh, A minor. I was just noodling and messing around there, taking some of the uh, playing in the style of Hey Joe, taking some of the ideas from there, but not specifically. Uh, uh, duplicating the, the solo uh, note for note. If I didn't tell you that I was pulling my ideas from Hey Joe, you may not have uh, 
you may not have recognized it. You just thought you may have just thought, well, now here's a guy that knows how to how to phrase. He must have a good ear. I do have lots of good ideas of how to phrase and scale patterns to make them sound musical. But it's not because of ear training exercises. It's because I've learned how to play so many solos and I've built up a vocabulary of licks and phrases so that when I'm trying to be creative, I can hear things based on what my ear has absorbed, right? Um, And it also means when I'm trying to learn things, I can listen to a solo and I can be like, well... I, that sounds like the pentatonic, or that sounds similar to, to Hey Joe, or, or whatever. So there must be you know, some similar licks and phrases in there. So <clears throat> that's how all of that works. All right, so let's kind of recap. So earlier, you know, I said that when you're able to recognize what's happening in the music you listen to, you can pick up on songs faster, right? So how do you, how do you develop your ear so that you can recognize more of what you hear in songs. Learn lots of songs. Play lots of songs. Then you get used to those parts and your ear absorbs the sound of those. And then you'll recognize similar parts when you hear them in other songs. I also said that when you realize what other musicians around you are playing, you can play with others better. So... How do you do that? How can you better recognize what people are around you are playing so that you can jam with other people? Again, songs. Learn lots of songs so that your ear absorbs different chord progressions and chord changes and types of chords and chord voicings and, and, and scale patterns and riffs and stuff. And then when you're in a group with other people, you'll be able to tell, oh, I can tell that this person is playing this chord progression. Or I can tell this bass player, you know, he's got a riff in this scale and... You know, you'll be able to play along uh, better. And finally, maybe you just like to be creative. You want to be able to compose your own music, um, you know, improvise your own solos. Maybe you like to record music, but you just feel like you're lacking ideas and you wish that you could just hear ideas more. Well, how do you train yourself to hear more ideas? Learn songs. There it is again. Right, The more songs that you learn, and when you learn some theory and you analyze them, you start to pick up on common patterns in music, common, common ways that music is, is harmonized, you know, the common scale patterns that people use to play riffs and solos and melodies, how they move through those patterns, right? And you start to pick up on those ideas so that when you try to be creative, you have lots of examples to start with. So you're not just starting with a completely kind of, uh, you know, blank slate with, with no references whatsoever, whatsoever. You have lots of ideas and examples that can help you be creative and get something started on your own. All right, so that's how I recommend you train your ear. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know. You can send email to desi at guitarmusictheory.com. And let me also remind you that if you need help learning music theory and playing songs, head to my website, guitarmusictheory.com, answer the questions I ask you about your playing, and I will send you free video instruction calibrated to your current level. I'll put you on a plan to fill in any gaps in your playing and change how you hear music forever. Go to guitarmusictheory.com. 
if you're listening to this podcast and any one of the popular podcast players, you should be able to click on the link to my website in the details of this episode. Make sure you're subscribing to my podcast. Please leave me a five-star rating and post some, commentive, uh, post some positive comments as well. All right. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more.